Minority Retort on X-Ray FM. X-Ray FM. Minority Retort with Jason Lamb. All right, it's Friday morning on X-Ray in the morning. That means it's time for Minority Retort. My name is Jason Lamb. I'm the co-host and co-producer of Minority Retort, the comedy show, which you can see at the Siren Theater. It's an all-people-of-color comedy show hosted by myself, Naraj Srinivasan, and Julia Ramos. And here on this show, we don't just talk to comedians and talk about comedy. We also talk about other things that are going on in the people of color community and we're lucky to have the opportunity to talk to other thoughtful and creative people of color uh, on the radio show here and we're only allowed to do that because of your contributions to x-ray fm so we really appreciate your support if you are listening and you like minority retort as well as the many of the great programs that we have here throughout the day on x-ray please dial the pledge line which is 503-847-5870 and find out how you can become a member and continue to support the great programming that we have here uh, throughout the day. And we really, really appreciate all of you who have supported thus far and all of you who are going to support after hearing me beg for you to support. <laughs> so thank you so much uh, for your contributions to X-Ray. We really, really appreciate it. And it allows me to talk to great guests. And frankly, it allows me to talk to anyone because otherwise I'd just be talking to myself in my basement. Uh, other than talking to people like I have on the phone line right now, who I'm very pleased to have as my guest today. She is a very popular author who has authored a series of books known unofficially as The Vampire Quartet that consists of Voice of the Blood, Wounds, Fiend, and A Drop of Scarlet, as well as a few self-published novels, uh, Mixtape for the Apocalypse, and her latest book, which is called Before and After Michael. Please welcome to the show, Jimmy Jefferson. Jimmy, how are you? Oh, I'm doing okay. Got my coffee. Oh, good. So we're, <laughs> we're all set. Priorities. <laughs> <laughs> we should be all ready to go then. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Well, thank you once again for joining me this morning. Uh, so let's talk about your latest book for a sec, uh, Before and After Michael. For folks that haven't picked it up yet, uh, what's Before and After Michael all about? It is a kind of uh, slightly realistic and yet slightly fantastical uh, romance between three men in New York City in 2007, and they come from um, slightly different socioeconomic backgrounds and uh and past experiences and uh, two of them have been in a relationship together for uh, an exclusive relationship together for 10 years or so and then they meet this other person and uh, they both kind of fall in love with him and uh, so uh, hijinks ensue Uh, Mm -hmm. so um, it's trying it's, it's these three characters and watching them sort of try to navigate their uh, these newer feelings of affection and uh and closeness with a person uh but they have of course as we all do massive amounts of emotional baggage and so you um get to get a close view of each of the characters as they navigate the 
the rushing waters of uh, having feelings for a new person. Hmm. <laughs> so uh, it started out just as a as as a as an experiment, I would say, um, because um, my stuff has often has a, an erotic element. Um, to say the least, um, and this is my experiment of trying to write something that uh, ramped up the erotic element and also had no genre trappings, no horror, no science fiction, no fantasy. Um, when I say that it's fantastical, it's because um, all three participants in this romance are uh, extremely hot. So, <laughs> you know, that's just that's generally not the way it works in most of our lives. And um, also one of them happens to be um, a financial advisor. And so he has and also comes from family money. So he has lots of money, which is also kind of a fantasy. Mm. Um, but um, the reason why it's set in 2007, A, that's uh, that's around the time that I started writing it. Oh really? So it's yeah. I actually uh, um, I started writing it actually in 2008, um, as I recall, actually in in some detail. Or uh, I was thinking it through in 2008. I began writing it in 2009. Um, in that, uh, um, it was originally tr uh, planned as uh, the first in a trilogy of novels that charts that relationship that they that they find themselves in um, over the course of a year. Um, and uh, the fact that it's set in 2007 uh, in particular is interesting because um, the character who's a financial advisor um, has, you know, he, he has investments. It's New York City, which means that when um, the Bernie Madoff scandal right. comes to light, he loses almost everything he has, mm. and so that adds an extra. That would add, that would have added an extra element of drama yeah. into these characters' lives. Sadly, we're probably not going to get to that point because I don't know. I I could easily write those other two novels, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm tired, and I would like to also write something else right now because <laughs> it's been ten years that I've been working on that one thing, and it's. It's kind of aggravating. What, uh, I, what I, I write a lot faster than that usually. So well, yeah, I wanted to ask, what were some of the reasons why it, it took that span of time for you to put it all together? Well, I got very, uh, I got discouraged pretty badly um, multiple times while uh, over the course of writing it for various different reasons. Um, some of them more uh, on a personal level that uh, I don't really wish to, to speak about publicly because um, people who are uh, who, who did not intend for this to happen are implicated and I don't want to you know I, I don't want to malign them fair enough um, even though they very directly had an effect on me feeling like I could that I had the right to be a writer really um, trying to navigate um, writing novels especially or writing almost anything really um, with the way that uh, my life is currently set up is incredibly challenging i.e. I have a day job um, I have been um, 
uh, employed at Dark Horse Comics for the last 13 years. Actually, next Wednesday is my 13-year anniversary there, which blows my mind. Um, but writing, writing, uh, working full-time and then essentially writing, also writing full-time um, is a really, it's a very hard way to live. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I have multiple sclerosis, and so I have much less energy than average people do um, under the very best of circumstances. Um, so essentially for uh, years, um, the first, oh gee, what would that be, like three or four years that I was working at Dark Horse, I was working 40 to 50 hours a week and also writing 40 to 50 hours a week. That doesn't really leave much time for things like, you know, housework <laughs> and <laughs> sure. seeing other people and, you know, interacting with the world in general. And uh, eventually I realized that that simply, that that kind of schedule just wasn't going to be able to work for me because I just, I don't have the energy to do it. That says and, something about your 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 passion though for for writing to uh, under those circumstances to be able to even though it was uh, ended up being a uh, obviously a long-term project that you mm-hmm. were able to you know uh gather what you needed together um even though it it, it took a long time uh, mm. to stay committed to the project and uh and put it out into yeah. the world yeah because i was really only writing engaged in actively writing the book itself like any of the text for i would say about two years continuously and so all the rest of that time was me trying to feel that it was something that i should be spending my time on right hey i wanted to ask you um you know you you mentioned ramping up the erotica uh uh for this book mm-hmm. um, <laughs> before <laughs> Before and after Michael, um, yeah. and thank you for that. I think we we all need to, uh, to ramp up the erotica maybe in the morning. Um, but uh, I think so. Yeah, but I, I mentioned your other uh, your series of books uh, earlier. Uh, the mm-hmm. the unofficially titled uh, Vampire Quartet uh, series of mm-hmm. novels, um, which is uh, it's, it's associated with genre. It's a, they, they involve vampires, um, right? And uh, but you also described it as as being erotica. Um, mm-hmm. I was wondering what it's like for you to be in to be a black woman in uh, in the space of uh, someone who writes that type of material um, that's Twilight adjacent and uh, Lestat adjacent. <laughs> well, part of the reason why I wrote vamp why I wrote certainly the first of the vampire novel was because I just got so frustrated with you know because I. I really love the genre. I've been kind of a, you know, really like a vampire fan since I was a little kid. Um, thank you, um, Frank Langella's Dracula for setting me on this path. Oh, right, <laughs> um, sure. Oh, oh, it's just so good. And uh, um, But I was reading a lot of these books that were especially well-known, um, almost all of them written by women, and they had an, el- an erotic element, but no actual sex was taking place. And that got me very frustrated. <laughs> I said... I can write, I can easily just like, rather than be frustrated as a, as a reader about this, I have the capability of, I can do it better myself. I can actually write an, a, a vampire novel with strong erotic elements that's also uh, 
stringently and decidedly feminist. And so I just did. I'm just like, I can do that, Rar. I could do better than that, and rather than just you know, kind of like shake my fist at the at the elements. Is that raw sound I something you typically do when you're writing? That raw? Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> that's often the thing that 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 that's the sound of me being motivated to actually to do what it takes to just get that story done because it's like i have to i just you know being i'm i'm i've 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 got the i've got that monkey on my back and i need to give it what it needs Mm. and a lot of that is just i i I just sort of have all these sort of like almost aesthetic standards that a lot of the time um the media that i uh that I consume doesn't live up to Mm -hmm. and rather than just be frustrated about that and complain about it, which people love to do. Um, I see if I can do better myself and see like what, whatever it is that it, where it's falling short and say, as an experiment, is it possible for me to do better than that? You're the change. Um, You're, you're you're the change that, uh, that you want to see in the world. Exactly. Yeah. I write the I write the I write the books that I in the ways that I want I want them to exist, right. and hopefully other people like them. But mostly, I'm just I'm 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 like writing to to set things right in a lot of ways. Um, and I would say that actually, oddly enough, before and after Michael isn't like that at all. Um, it's it's that was really based on me having these characters in mind and having um, (laughs) via the magic of fan fiction (laughs) having actually written huge amounts of material with these very characters in a slightly different form for years at that point so I knew that I knew them inside and out and I'm like that'd be really cool if they got together but you know let's, let's, let's take any like let, let's take the, the the thing that inspired this. Let, let's take any. Let, let's let's file off the serial numbers, as it were, but also <laughs> to just like let's let's bring it into the world a little bit more. So, hey, um, and also just you know, to, and I like to write literary. I, I like to write like these sort of unusual these genre stories as literary fiction. Right. That interests me. Yeah, um, we just got a couple minutes left with you, but uh, you, okay. you mentioned, and uh, Jim, I'm talking with Jimia Jefferson, a writer uh, extraordinaire. She's the author of Before and After Michael. Um, <laughs> why are you laughing? <laughs> I thought that was pretty well done. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been described as extraordinaire. I kind of like it. It's like deluxe. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> with a minute or two left that I have with you, I just you, you mentioned uh, fan fiction a moment ago, and I, I mm-hmm. wanted to ask you about that because that's kind of you, you've you've done a lot of that as well, and it's it's kind of a world yeah. I don't know a lot about, but uh, but it's yeah. something that can um, help launch uh, writers into uh, the professional realm. Uh, obviously, Twilight mm-hmm. or not Twilight? Excuse me, um, Fifty Shades of Grey being a uh, mm-hmm. the, the example that comes <laughs> yeah, to mind the most. You just described the, the two the two other reasons why it was really hard for me to write this book. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Twilight, right. right? Both made me want to just give up. With the minute that I have left with you, just I wonder if you could describe what fan fiction uh, that you've written and participated in. It does that help you um, in writing 
um, novels and and things that are that that get published, and, and is it helpful to to other writers as a launching pad? I believe it certainly is, mostly because um, it makes you it makes you get the practice in. It makes you write a ton, and it's very generally when you're writing fan fiction, it's super pleasurable. There's nothing difficult about it at all. You're not really you're not working up to any standard except for maybe other fan fiction writers. And if you've actually read any fan fiction, you know that that standard tends to be pretty low sometimes. Um, I've been lucky to find some, uh, some fan fiction that, has, that is amongst the best, the best writing I've ever read anywhere under any circumstances. Mm. So I'm trying to live up to that standard and maybe do them even better. Um, and mostly it just it just makes you get the work in you know really there's because it really is a sort of a, a, a practice like like learning a, a musical instrument that the more pra- the more hours you put into actual practicing and putting words together and creating character and having a story and learning how to begin a piece and how to end a piece and how to like you know create a story arc and that sort of thing right. that's important in fan fiction too and so the more you do that, the more easily that can come to you as a writer. And so you can actually say what you need to say in with, with greater skill. So I absolutely and massively encourage fan fiction for basically everybody. I encourage everybody to read fan fiction even. Like, if, if you can handle it, I think it's great. Fantastic. It's a fun diversion. Um, and there really is sometimes some very, very good writing. You just have to be able to find it. Well, if people want so, to find some good writing, yeah. uh, they should check out your writing. Uh, they should, I agree. They should go get Before and After Michael on Amazon and in your finer bookstores. And uh, I'm so mm-hmm. sorry we're out of time, but uh, we'd love to have you back on the show. We've got a lot more things we can talk about. Uh, but I appreciate you being on the show today. Uh, Jimmy Jefferson, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Jason.